2: Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm godless. And welcome to 2015. Holy crap, dude. I know it's been a little while since you've heard uh, our lovely voices. The year of our Lord. And finally, we're going to get our first podcast of 2015. I know you've been waiting for it. And uh, this is going to be a good one uh, today, actually. We've got Alex Rudinger of... Uh, Which band do we say he's with, actually? Uh, I don't know. There's one band we can't say he's with because that's the scoop. Yeah, he's going to make an announcement. He's going to be playing with somebody here coming up very soon, and he's going to tell us in our interview. Uh, He plays mainly uh, with uh, Conquering Dystopia. That's uh, Jeff Lewis' side project and Alex Webster's side project, also uh, formerly of The Faceless. So there might be a little bit of info there. You never know. This Mm -hmm. is a
0: top-of-the-food-chain drummer, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Like he just got off tour with uh, Monuments, I think is who he was on yes. tour with. There, filling in for uh, for their drummer, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's a good interview, and I'm actually excited to talk to this dude. Mainly, be- I mean, he is he's like a young guy, and like you said, top of the food chain, but he's right there with what's going on in metal right now, and I think that's actually really what's interesting about him is that he's kind of in touch with everything, man. Yeah, so, yeah, it's very cool. Hey, make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes and all that good stuff. If you go to iTunes, you can leave us five star review, tell us that we suck, and all that stuff. Just search Metal Sucks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Bearded Ape on Twitter. I am at Godless Speaks on Twitter. And of course, every Monday we post this uh, stupid podcast up on MetalSucks no. no, uh, So dude. make Leaders sure Resolution. when you
0: no more insulting the show when
2: you uh, <laughs> no I am going to insult it more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, the my goal is to ma- oh, is is to make it so man. I, I self deprecate even more during twenty fifteen. Damn it. Yeah it's part, I, you it's part of You know when you thing. do that I just wanna compensate. I know, I know. But I'm not I'm not allowed. So Speakpipe is all and what I was getting to is that you <laughs> can leave us a message for the show. We we wiped uh, Speakpipe's ass and now you can leave us a message for uh, 2015 tell us uh, your topic idea you got a question for a godless or i about a certain topic or whatever you want to tell us that we're terrible or whatever you can do all or if that you want right to tell
0: there. us we're the most awesome thing in the history of mankind you
2: can say whatever you want that
0: one on might Speak slip Pipe. through we'll put that one on
2: <laughs> if somebody else says it <laughs> that one might get through yeah. oh, 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 i'm drowning in my own snot right now <laughs> This is really awesome, and your own
0: self-deprecation.
2: Oh, well, you know that, that's uh, I'm covered in a blanket of uh, self-esteem issues, so it's it's <laughs> how I exist these days, Yeah, but
0: days, your man. blanket is I'm like I'm, I'm I'm under your blanket too. It's uh, like we're cuddling under your blanket of self-deprecation.
2: Well, you that's know, you get used to it, man. You know, get used to it. It's a it's a nice cozy place to be. I'm, I'm squirming, <laughs> I'm squirming under your blanket. Uh, don't, don't hey, man. That's what you get for wearing button-ups all the time, man. Hey, uh, let's see what else we got coming up, man. We got seventy thousand. We've been pr- talking about that this morning, actually uh, just getting prepared, because we're going to be going on the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise here in a couple weeks. We got, we're some, playing some songs. Oh, uh, we're going to play something from Conquering Dystopia, actually, that would be the, the Alex Rudinger's thing, as uh-huh. well as, uh, what is he going to do, New Call of the Void, maybe, in this episode? Cool. Yeah, that sounds good, so we'll get all that here in a little bit, but yeah. we had a nice, long, extended talk with Alex Rudinger, and uh, we tried to ask him about everything, you tried to get him to dish on... All kinds of different things. I think. Did you get him to talk smack about Neil Pert? I think. Is it? I don't know what the hell you're getting. Uh, God, this is in uh, in rare form. Being the first interview of 2015. Yeah, it was like uh, I don't know where he was going, just trying to get everywhere. Uh. Neil Pert's overrated. Well, you know, just ask any drummer what what they think about Neil Pert. That's
0: my New Year's resolution. I want my interview with Neil Pert.
2: Dude, I would pay (laughs) money for that. I'll I'll see if I can make that happen. I'll send you you to Canada just so you can get that done.
0: Usually, when a non Rush fan interviews Rush, it's like, you know, obvious that they're like not even. Crickets, man. Yeah, and they like not even like in the realm of rush you know what i mean like yeah, they, no, they're not familiar with anybody yeah, oh, yeah yeah related to rush like i want to see or listen to an interview with a non-rush fan who somebody who should be a fan of rush but yeah. just doesn't get it yeah
2: and that'd be me okay all right the, the, i could see that uh, that that could be very fun i've, I've seen <laughs> a lot you actually you know where you get a lot of those kinds of interviews is uh, is comic-con yeah uh, like because uh, comic-con is one of those places where if you don't know like all of the canon of the marvel universe and every last little tidbit of it and your your interviewer probably knows more than you do or vice versa you know like yeah it's just (laughs) very awkward and and weird speaking of awkward and weird let's get into our interview with uh, alex rudinger formerly of the faceless conquering dystopia and all but 50 other bands on the metal sucks podcast (laughs)
0: We're excited, you're our first interview of 2015. That's right. Oh, dude, that's so exciting. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're like, you know, top of the food chain at this point.
1: Nah, man. No, no, All right. no. happy the best. No, yeah. look, I,
0: I've, I've said it before, I'm saying it now, the humility, I'm getting rid of humility in 2015. <laughs> it's says a resolution. <laughs> that's the resolution. Yeah. And, that, and that pertains to everybody.
1: Well, I'm fine with that, I guess. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you. So
0: you're, once again, you are top of the food chain, so we had to bring you in first
1: thank you man I, I really appreciate it i mean i'm just trying to play drums you know at the end of the day just trying to play drums so
2: see they, being the you that know, humble thing. it's not gonna it's, it's not gonna, gonna, gonna take wor- some it's work it's not gonna work for him. it's gonna take some work <laughs> so do we go with alex or do we go with rudy which one
1: i actually like most people call me rudy but you can uh you can call me whichever but rudy <laughs> is fine I'm mr rudinger that. Hey, I, like, yeah, I That's I, where that came from, as you can imagine.
2: I love the Rudy with the umlaut on Twitter. That's probably my favorite. The,
1: you know. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but, uh, you know, somebody started calling me Rudy, like, in middle school, and it just stuck. Everyone started calling me that, so...
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of hard to avoid, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess, oddly enough, I think uh, my dad actually told me once that he got called that when he was younger, but I guess it didn't... Uh, didn 't stick the same way as it did with me, so but, speaking uh, of
0: bands yeah. that shouldn't be humble, you just got off the road with what I believe are like one of the greatest bands in metal today
1: which one because they're both pretty sick monuments oh dude, I was referring to the two headliners that's what I thought you meant, but monuments is absolutely sick too well, the Thanks. two
2: headliners are, are badass but yeah. but monuments we're talking about future here
1: yeah, yeah, no dude monuments is amazing i was uh I was so thrilled to get the the call to even to do that um just because, to be honest, uh, after the faceless thing, I wasn't really anticipating going on tour any, going on tour again anytime soon anyway, and, uh, which I was fine with, but, uh, man, it was like within a week they hit me up and, uh, their drummer just hurt his back, unfortunately, and I, uh, I think he's doing a lot better now, which I'm very glad to hear. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a thrill, man. I was, uh, stoked to do something a little bit different stylistically, and, uh, they were all great dudes. I really liked their new album, so it was sick to go out with them.
2: As I say, that's a lot... That's I, I, Funky is probably not the right word for it, but it's a lot funkier than what you're used to doing as far as, like, death metal
1: drumming, isn't it? Dude, yeah. It was so sick to go on tour and not have to do blast beats, for once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you barely have to hit the cymbals because the bassist is whipping that crazy hair of his around. Yeah, that just hits, hits the cymbals the for you.
1: Yeah, it's the whole time. It's sick,
0: <laughs> you know? It's playing bass and cymbals at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, they're so much fun to jam with, too. It's It's awesome, so... I had a really good time with that, and I could just kind of lay back and hit hard. And it was actually kind of a challenge in its, its own way because it's you know a lot less physically demanding. But they're kind of a more uh, feel-oriented band, and obviously playing mostly death metal the last couple years, I've been like focused on playing very on the beat and kind of rigid. So I was trying to open up a bit. So it kind of presented its own uh, challenges, which was great. And uh, yeah, I felt like I started getting the hang of it kind of towards the end of the tour. I guess that's how it always goes.
0: <laughs>
1: but, uh, but yeah, man, it was fun. And obviously, uh, like Devin and, and Animals are two of the sickest bands also out there. And I had a blast with all those guys and just getting to see them play every night. It's actually the second tour I've done with Animals this year so i've seen a lot of them this year and it's awesome
2: i don't know i, I can never get enough of those guys honestly i mean i, th- I thought it was kind of weird that th- when they did the uh, summer slaughter tour but apart from that like every time they play i, I want to see them live
1: yeah dude me too it's uh i've seen them in a lot of different contexts too with like Naveen on drums and matt and touring with them seeing them all the time it's it's they're probably out of any band i've toured with i find myself watching their set. Uh, more than more than anyone. What do you mean? Yeah. Just like, you know, during the show, like, you know, when you're on tour with a band, like, you know, you see them every day, so you don't watch their set every day, you know? Yeah. But with Animals, since I'd be on the road with them, I'd find myself, like, after I play, I'd be like, Huh, what am I going to do now? Instead of, you know, going back to the van or whatever, I, I find myself just going and watching their set more than any other band I've toured with, you know? Because I just love their music so much. So,
0: Is it about the music, or is it about their cuter?
1: Oh cuz they're cuter. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's that. They kind of got their uh, their style thing down, you know? That's cool. But no, I'm just kidding. It's about the music, so. And uh they're all great dudes, so it's uh it's just cool to see how much they've grown. So.
0: Now, you probably don't get faced with this, but like going back to Monuments real quick. If I'm the drummer of Monuments and I hurt my back, and then the guys go, "Oh, that sucks. We're going to find somebody to replace you." When they say, "We got this guy, you might have heard of him. His name's Alex Rudinger." Uh, <laughs> That's when my back starts to feel better, you know. Like <laughs> at that moment, do you get that vibe that people like they don't want to be replaced by you because now they're spoiled. What about their job? Yeah, it's it's this is you know it's sort of like like a virgin, you know. Like now, yeah,
1: man. I mean, I I greatly appreciate that, but uh, I think uh, for starters, I I know Mike Malian well, and we we skyped a lot like the week prior to me going out with them, and uh, you know I think that they enjoyed playing with me. I think like. I did a good job and, and all that. You know, I think Mike has a vastly different feel than I do, and I think that they kind of prefer that for their music, you know. But but I think they enjoyed it, and uh, I'm just glad he's recovering because he's, like, oddly enough, we're, like, very close in age, and uh, we've talked a lot online, and it was just kind of devastating to hear that he hurt himself that bad where he had to sit out on a whole tour. I know if I was in his situation and somebody was filling in for me, you know, I, I'd be devastated just because, like, you know, it's his band, you know, and having someone else go out with your band has got to be a bummer. So I was trying to be really, like, sympathetic and, and understanding of the whole thing, and I really felt for him, and I'm just glad he's, like, recovering, you know?
0: Yeah, but so. it it's sort of like, I don't know, like, when I dated that one girl, and, you know, she was really cool, but then she got a little crazy, and then I went with this other girl, and she did that one thing with her tongue. It's like, at the moment, you know, it's like, I don't miss the other one, but when the other one comes back, I'm like
1: yeah yeah i guess it could kind of be like that i don't know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man well, i just had a good time dude i'm just so glad to like be keeping busy i guess i don't know well come on really i mean how,
2: how many bands are you playing in right now like 40 or something like that i mean who? Yeah, you know,
1: 63 to be exact now. <laughs> yeah i actually you know don't really even have a a band like i mean i have uh like conquering which is kind of like a side project for everybody and uh I guess I have like a couple side projects, like recording projects that I like to... Because I love recording, man, and that's that's definitely still, even after all the live playing I've done in the last couple of years, it's still my favorite thing to do is record. But most of them are just kind of outlets for that kind of thing. You know, I don't really have like a, a touring gig right now. So at least not like a full-time thing anyway. Well, so, there's such
2: a delineation between... Uh, being a studio drummer and being a touring drummer, is or not? I mean, it's it's almost path that you take, isn't it? I mean, because you seem to be able to kind of fit yourself into wherever wherever you can go versus sticking with the same thing over and over and over and over again. Does that give you a lot of freedom and uh, and challenge you a little bit more? Is that what you like about it?
1: You mean uh, recording just because you're working with so many different bands? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I do like that challenge. I like the having the different outlets to be able to, like write different parts over different types of music, Uh, still kind of, you know, falling under metal as a general, very vast genre. But, you know, having that kind of freedom is great. You know, to be honest, though, like, it was kind of always my goal to find one band, uh, you know, be in said band, tour exclusively with that band, and do multiple albums with that band. And, uh, you know, that's just not kind of how my life ended up taking me ended up jumping around a bit more than I would have liked. Not that I'm, uh, you know, I'm thankful for all the opportunities I've had and stuff, but, uh, you know, it's still kind of my goal to eventually find one band, like, a good situation with good dudes that have the same long-term goal in mind and uh, do that. You know, with that said, I I love doing recording, and I've done some session work now and that sort of thing, and it's a lot of fun and it's gratifying, but, you know, I'm kind of, like, looking forward to a time where I can play with one band and do that whole kind of thing
2: for a while well when i hear dudes like you know, levy go this is one of the top three drummers i've ever worked with that oh man thank you that's like an amazing compliment from you know what i mean it's like that's that's pretty crazy it's like you could you could just stick with what you're doing right now i mean is it just one of those like okay i know the right one's out there you know to use the girlfriend analogy i know <laughs> she's out there somewhere yeah, kinda.
1: You, know? you know and for the record man like getting a compliment like that from from a All or like any of those guys down there that that really means like more to me than uh than any compliment i've been given in, in years man just because you know those guys like they see a lot of the the drummers out there and they've you know for me to like go in there and be put under the microscope which is kind of like what a recording is you know and having them be like yeah you're not shitty i'm like oh <laughs> man cool you know what it, it really means a lot to me so
0: we got to work on this humility thing of yours. Because <laughs> my reaction would be like, well, who the hell are the other two?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I I think I know at least one or two of the guys. Who, who, really would, like it track, who and, would it you know, be? Who would it be? i talked to all of them. huh? Who would it be? Hoagland? I know Shannon Lucas. They love tracking Shannon. And I can totally see why, man. The guy's like the perfect death metal drummer, you know?
0: No, nobody's perfect. What's the thing that he does that he isn't quite as good at as you are? <laughs>
1: I don't know. That's a hard question, man. I don't know. Drums are drums are complicated, dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm kind of getting over a cold, so apologies if I'm coughing at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing I really like about Shannon's playing is just that uh, so consistent. Like, you know, in death metal, there's not a ton of dynamics, and like he kind of like nails that. You know, he's so consistent, and I, I think I'm pretty consistent as well as far as like hitting goes. But I do kind of play with a little bit more dynamics and. And because uh, I kind of want to, but I think for death metal, you know, specifically, he's like the perfect death metal drummer. So of. we
0: got <laughs> it. We got the slam. He's not as good at dynamics as, <laughs> as Rudy is. All right. Cool. Okay, I like well that. I didn't say it or your words. Man. I think sick, you know? He's
1: a big guy and he's an incredible drummer. So that's it's all, all I'm saying.
0: It's all good, man. We, we got a good headline. We're good.
1: <laughs> cool, cool. No, don't use that. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing around.
2: Well, but, I mean, so,
1: yeah, if Shannon hears the Shannon, you're sick. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs>
2: so the other thing, we've talked to y'all a- a- before, and uh, he's also a big purveyor of, uh, like, Easy Drummer and some of the other things that are out there as far as electronic drums. And my co-host over here has been a big proponent of the idea that we're we're about six seconds away from replacing drummers in bands. Yes, But um, I don't know um, that that's true, personally, because of the stuff you're talking about, being able to do the dynamics and the flavor that you actually bring to it.
1: Yeah, I think in metal, it's coming close to that, unfortunately. Um, But then again, there's always going to be a need for, you know, people like going to shows, and I think there'll always be the live show thing, you know, going on, and uh, there'll always be a need for that. So. I don't think it's going to replace drummers or anything. I definitely am uh, not a fan of the whole drum programming era and having, you know, guitarists, you know, program the absolute most insane stuff and then expecting to find people down the block that can play it. And, and uh, you know, and it's also kind of set a new standard for, like, what's really realistic, and it's not really realistic. So the whole thing kind of bums me out, kind of, to be honest. You know, it's just kind of like how it works, I guess, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, it's where we're at right now. I think there are also a lot of bands nowadays that are, uh, you know, finding that they're like, wait a minute, if we record real drums, it makes like a whole unique sound for our album. Even if samples are blended and that sort of thing, you know, if there's still that acoustic drums, you know, underlining the mix, the natural drums, it makes their sound more unique. And I feel like a lot of bands still realize that and do that. So I don't think it'll totally take over or anything. And I do think it's a really helpful tool for for writing music. So it kind of has its ups and downs.
2: Yeah, I mean, cuz when you're recording, you could just sometimes there's that sweet spot, you know. It's like you put that microphone in that one spot in the room and you're like, "Holy shit, that just gives it something" Perfect I See, love live drums, I, talking, I'm, about, yeah,
0: but you're talking about flavor and sweet spots, those are expensive, oh but you know what though it's worth it, I think it's worth it in the long run, uh, well, I, I
1: think it's worth the it two man Drum recording real drums is expensive that's the other thing you know is oh yeah that's another reason a lot of bands don't do it, I think is because it it's expensive. I do think that the bands that that care and like really care and want their own unique sound do it, or, or maybe they'll do it on their second or third record because their first record they didn't have any budget, and they were just trying to get off the ground and or something you know so i understand that kind of thing too but yeah dude i'm a, I'm a huge advocate of, of real drums also obviously
2: well as, it's kind of funny because you know, wa- i was watching a lot of the conquering dystopia like the the playthrough videos and stuff or yeah uh, and i'm like it's just it, it's loom they're sitting there with the two guitars just noodling 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 i'm just going where the fuck is webster and rooting your man with the I was like where's the it's like, there's so much else going on there in the in, in that stuff and it's like the the actual videos, not the not the playthroughs that you guys did of the individual parts. It was like the rhythm section is one of those afterthoughts sometimes, but at the same time, it's so important. And if you fuck it up, then everybody notices it right off.
1: That's how drums are, man. If you fuck up, everybody notices like right off the bat.
2: That's but.
0: expensive too.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. But dude, yeah, the conquering stuff is is hard for everyone. I think, <laughs> dude. It was such a privilege, like getting to work with those guys, like. All right, I'm I'm. going to be a little fanboy here and just say that to me, even though I'm, like, friends with them now and they're, like, my homies and stuff, they're kind of legends, you know? Yeah. Like, Jeff and Alex specifically and Keith is awesome. And and it's just, like, crazy to me that I even got to do that when I really think about it still. So it's, uh, it's insane. I don't well, know. That's
2: a, so how did you, sitting here at 23, well, you're 23 years old, right?
1: Yeah, I just I turned 23 in November actually.
2: Get so. to work with some of the most legendary musicians ever. How did that happen?
1: Dude, I don't even I don't know. Did um, they find
2: you? Did you I mean, how
0: did how did I, that all work out? Obviously, you're good, but you got to be more than just good at this point, right?
1: Uh, I I guess yeah. I mean, I I think it helps that I'm like cool to people and nice and <laughs> stuff and humble. I don't know, I try to, you know, I try to always be like like that, you know, respectful and nice and all that, you know, cheesy jazz. And uh, I guess, you know, with uh, Keith, you know, Keith was kind of a YouTube guy also. And I guess I kind of consider myself a YouTube guy because that's kind of how I started getting gigs is I'm putting up YouTube videos and that sort of thing. And uh, I knew Keith had seen some of my videos. And then at the same time, Jeff Loomis was working with uh, one of my best friends ever, Anoop Sastry, And, uh, he, he plays drums in the band Intervals, and also, uh, previously, like, uh, he might still play with him. I'm not entirely sure, Sky Harbor. And, uh, lives in the same little small town in Maryland that I live in, and Jeff had been through a couple times to, like, rehearse, uh, Jeff Loomis material, because Anoop was doing, he was, like, his live drummer for a while, basically. You know, I went out to eat with him, which was crazy to me, even that. I was like, dude, Jeff Loomis, like, oh my god, this is sick, you know? So we just talked then, and, uh... Also with Keith kind of having seen my videos I guess when they they said that when they started thinking of drummer ideas I was one of the first guys that came into their head so I was like that's crazy.
0: Anoop didn't get into the head?
1: No, Anoop did too and uh I I think specifically the only reason Anoop didn't do it is cuz they kind of wanted to go and like uh they kind of wanted to write more techy death metal stuff and uh, I think even Anoop was like you should get Rudy he's like that's kind of his thing, you know, and uh, I think Anoop is actually probably going to play on whatever, you know, don't quote me on this directly, but I think he'll probably end up playing on whatever the next uh, Jeff Loomis solo album releases, you know, since he played live with him.
0: Can I everything. ask you, when you go to lunch with Jeff Loomis for the first time, are yeah. you, how do you select what food you're going to eat? Because <laughs> are you trying to pick a food that's not going to get stuck between your teeth or give your <laughs> breath really bad? I mean, I would imagine that would freak me out. I wouldn't know what to pick.
1: Yeah, man, you know, you got to go with, like, the bland flavors, so, you know, you're not exhaling any wretched wretched smells from your mouth. Uh, you don't want to offend Jeff Loomis, you know? Yeah, and I, that. you
0: know, I'd, I don't want something leafy, but at the same time, I wouldn't want him to think that I'm just, like, a, you know, a, a fatty, you know, and <laughs> eating, like, nothing but queso.
1: <coughs> Dude, yeah. So, it's, uh, it's a very, you know, I dealt with that the whole tour, you know? <laughs> Just uh, wondering what I should eat in front of Jeff. You know?
0: <laughs> but so seriously, like, no, what, did, what um, do you, did you? Does that ever cross your mind when you're hanging out with like guys like this? Obviously, you want to impress them with your drums, but doesn't that like sort of stretch out off stage too?
1: Uh, man, I just try to be myself and like act like I'm. I'm trying to be you know kind of proper right now because I'm on like podcast thing. Ah. But I'm a, I'm a pretty silly individual, and uh, I actually took. This is one of those things that I'm not sure if he completely hates it or he thinks it's funny, but I did it anyway. I kind of took to like mildly punishing Jeff, like on purpose, like where I'd be like, I would just start talking about Nevermore because I was a huge Nevermore fan, dude, <laughs> like huge. You know, I know like every album and like was way into the band. So I would just be like, yeah, you know, so let's talk about this track on Dead Hard, you know, or something <laughs> and, and and that kind of thing, you know, just to kind of bust his balls a bit and uh hey, you know
2: that one song that you did on the album that was great cool. that was awesome. yeah
1: i'd be like dude I, well, I would just start singing him lyrics like, <laughs> there's a there's a little con- conquering uh dvd that's kind of part of the campaign and there's definitely some footage in there of me just uh man just being so annoying to jeff it's amazing <laughs> but uh you know but yeah dude it, it was a huge huge privilege man if you had told like my junior senior high school self that i was going to get to play in a band with with jeff i would just never have believed that
2: and and what is it with webster man What what is it with alex that he's got all this extra creativity stuff in him because uh because he's he does the conquering dystopia now and he did uh what blotted science with the yeah jarzombics and all that before
1: you know i think with with webster he's just like well he's for starters he's an amazing musician and bass yeah. player and he just uh You know, I I bet after doing Cannibal for so long, he just wants to have a different creative outlet, I guess, you know? And, uh, I mean, dude, that tour we did, the Conquering Dystopia tour, which, for the record, we, uh, we didn't even, you know, plan on touring on that album. We just got an offer and it worked out. Everybody was available, so that was awesome. But, uh, um, that was the first tour Alex Webster's ever done without Cannibal Corpse, that one tour, you know? Wow. And, uh, Man, he had a blast, too. I think it was a nice change for him, just, you know, getting to see some different faces on the road and have a different overall experience.
0: You Are know? you insulting Cannibal Corpse, the rest of Cannibal Corpse?
1: No, they're <laughs> God, They're sick guys, man. <laughs> no,
0: I'm, just try, I'm, I'm just cannibal. trying to see if I can get another headline out of you. That's all. <laughs> did, did, did he say anything about the guys in Cannibal that otherwise he wouldn't say? <laughs>
1: No, not, not really, no. Nothing you can share? He says they're all cool dudes. You know, <laughs> or you're not getting a headline on me there. <laughs> Dude, you're such um, a liar. <laughs> yeah, man, but I mean, you know, I'm sure they have their little, like, fights or whatever. I'm sure anyone that's toured as long as they have does. Man, I get, you know, plenty irritated with dudes in a van for a month, so I can't imagine how he feels. But uh, at the end of the day, it's nothing major. And I just think it was nice for him to have, a like, a different scene or environment you know and dude it was so sick spending a month in a van with Alex Webster I think that's hilarious like to me as, as like a fan of cannibal I was I was stoked <laughs> 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 but it was uh yeah it was sick I don't know so, I'm uh glad I got to do that project so we'll, I mean we'll what, probably end up doing more at some point
0: when so. you're in a like you just said you're in a van with a with a bunch the same dudes for a month right but it's your heroes what are their habits that just annoy the living daylights out of you? Because they can get away with it for a while, right?
1: Yeah, because you're like, oh, they're yeah. yeah, they're they're sick, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, boy, that is, I guess, mildly true, actually. But uh, yeah, Webster flicks his bugs uh, on the
2: seat behind you, or whatever. Yeah. You know.
1: I mean, you're gonna think I'm just being all nice now, but yes, like out of everyone I've toured with, touring with uh, Conquering was definitely the most pleasant experience I've had on the road because. Uh, i'm not really a big partier like at all and uh they're not they're kind of all over that they've like kind of been there done that what we did every night after the shows and this is literally kind of funny we we would just like watch house of cards that show on netflix oh yeah so and alex webster hadn't seen any of it and i had it all i had both seasons on a hard drive and there was a tv in our our little van sprinter thingy and uh yeah, man, we just watched both seasons of House of Cards. We'd do like an episode or two a night. Then we'd all go to sleep, wake up, get some coffee, you know. And, uh, that was pretty much that tour, you know. I mean, in a nutshell, you know, obviously not the whole tour was that. But, uh, you know, we, we everyone's just so laid back and, like, there's no one raging, going crazy, annoying everybody. And I don't know. I liked it a lot. They're, they're fun dudes. That's my idea of a good time, I guess. It's like, if I played drums good that night, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll relax now and have you know some candy and watch some TV or something.
2: So, do you think that comes from the uh, that relaxation part of it comes from the idea that it's a project everybody really wants to be doing? You know, it's a, it's that thing that it's like, oh, this is a lot of fun. We really want to be here, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, everyone definitely wanted to be there for that. We were just stoked to enjoy each other's company and, and chat and. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm a pretty goofy dude. If anything, I probably annoyed them. But, uh, but yeah, I. Yeah, because you're all 23
2: and they're like 95. but
1: <laughs> Yeah, 95. <laughs> and I'm 12. Now, so, no, it is kind of funny. Like, I would joke around with them. You'll see if you watch the, uh, the Concrete documentary when it comes out. I'm definitely. You know, acting like an idiot a lot of the time. So
2: <laughs> teaching Jeff Loomis how
1: to tweet.
2: You know. The... Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, all that. <laughs> teaching them all to use technology. No, I'm just kidding. Keith's actually he's better at technology than I am. So.
0: So is the the documentary coming out of the crowdfunding uh, thing that you guys did?
1: Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think it'll be available publicly. At least not for a while. It's going to be. It's like a DVD, so it'll be I guess an actual like DVD, not just like a file. Um, and I think it's, like, close to an hour long. There'll be some bonus material, and then that's going to be shipped to everyone. That's, I think that's the last perk from that whole crowdfunding thing that hasn't been completed yet. So that'll be mailed to people. I'm sure it'll somehow end up online eventually because somebody will put it there or whatever. But uh, initially, anyway, it's going to just be, like, whoever paid for the – or contributed to the crowdfunding thing will get it.
0: Would you do that again?
1: The crowdfunding thing? Yeah. Um, I think it was pretty sick. It definitely exceeded my expectations, that's for sure. Yeah, you guys um, I know like beat been... the
0: goal in like a day or something.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, we weren't initially going to do drums at Audio Hammer, uh, but we got the budget for it. You know, we were originally, I was going to do it in my house and that sort of thing, and we exceeded our you know goal by so much that we actually had the means to do that, which was insane. You know, that was like a dream come true for me. So that's awesome. Um, I, I think the crowdfunding thing was a lot of work for, well, it was a lot of work for everyone, but specifically Keith, because he kind of, like, took the helm with that, and he did everything, you know, and he's been, for the last six months or more, probably, you know, there's, he's filling out tons of spreadsheets, making sure everyone got their perk, or following up with them to make sure they didn't move so we can ship stuff, and it's, You know, different people got different stuff, so it's a huge thing. And uh, I know it's been a lot of work for him. People have no idea how much work he has done. And I kind of try to help him when I can, like all the spreadsheet and I'll email some people to get some addresses and then forward him the completed list, you know. But there's only so much I can really do being that I'm on the other side of the country and stuff. I, I think we would do it again, but I know Keith has put a lot of work. And I think next time we'd have to devise a better game plan as to how to divide up the work more evenly being in different parts of the country and that sort of thing.
2: So you said you had uh, something that you, you were talking about coming up, uh, going on tour with somebody else here. soon. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I, I went ahead and texted one of them to make sure it was okay that I said this on this podcast thing. Uh, but they were cool with it, especially since it won't be up for another week. But I will be filling in for a revocation next month oh, on their nice. tour with the contortionist in Fallujah. Oh, that's so awesome. that's sick. That's yeah, a, I'm stoked. That's they're a sick guys.
0: kick-ass tour.
1: Dude, I know. <laughs> I love the contortionists, like, not only as a band, but as people. They're uh, the homies. I've toured with them before. And Fallujah, also, they were on Summer Slaughter with the Faceless this past year, and I spent a lot of time with those guys. So, yeah, dude, I'm really excited, and I think Revo's sick. I've, I've toured, been on tours that Revo's been on twice before, and they're hilarious. And <laughs> I'm looking forward to that experience. So it should be a lot of fun, but I do have some work cut out for me this month. I'm just just starting now to kind of learn their stuff and all that. So,
2: and you yeah. get a little bit you get a little bit to learn there because uh, you know they've, their catalog starting to get a little yeah, yeah it's getting a little deep now.
1: For for that kind of music, I transcribe everything first, and I've been sitting down and starting to notate it. And there's a lot of odd time stuff, and I was like, oh, all right, it's a little techier than I thought there. You know, <laughs> and it's kind of cool because when you first listen to Revo, when I'm just listening to him, I don't hear. All the odd time stuff, uh, it just sounds very natural to me. But then when I actually sit there and I'm learning it, it's like, oh, wow, that's deceivingly more difficult. That's sick. I've you know, heard I you like s- that when something's kind of tech without sounding like it's forced, you know? Yeah.
0: I've heard you say before, like when you're going out on the road performing what somebody else, the drum parts that somebody else has written, that oftentimes you're trying to match as best you can the recordings. But sometimes you're like, hey, I can do this a little bit better right
1: (laughs) no not better come on now (laughs) um i see what you're doing there (laughs) um (laughs) uh yeah in the past like i i try to learn things super note for note especially when i join the faceless because to me like especially the parts on planetary duality are like pinnacle drum parts for the songs you know um, maybe that's maybe I only think that because I was like obsessed with that CD when I was younger. But nowadays, I kind of uh, I guess because I've been filling in for bands and I've done so much stuff the last year or two, I do try to learn the songs, you know, pretty much note for note, at least initially. But then once I really internalize them, I try to open up and do my own thing more, and trying to go more in that direction as well. You know, yes and no, I guess is the answer to that question. Well, even and I mean, I,
2: I think you kind of have to it's almost respect for the material in a lot of ways. I mean, cuz if I'm I'm thinking from a fan perspective. Like if I'm going out to see the Faceless and I want to hear uh Xenosapien or I want to hear you know whatever song I want to hear off of Planetary Duality, I want it to sound like that song that I heard, you know? I mean, maybe not right. exactly on the uh, on the album or whatever, but yeah. I want it to be as close to close to it as possible as a fan, you know?
1: Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, especially with a band like that, I feel like half of the the whole thing with going to see them live is to see if, uh, you know, they can do it. And yeah. that's, at least when I was yeah. younger, that's when I would go see necrophages or the faceless. I'd be like, geez, this stuff is insane. Can this band really do this? You know? So if I showed up and saw the drummer, like changing the parts up and, uh, you know, doing easier stuff, at least what I thought might've been easier, I would've been like, that's lame. You know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of always tried with that kind of thing to, uh, to do it exactly but i guess you know i guess now i kind of am a little bit more open to trying to loosen up a bit and change some stuff and I, I feel like i've shown people i can do the the note for note thing a lot you know if so i yeah. think i don't have that to worry about it as much anymore
0: so. yeah at this point everybody knows you can do anything that you want it's just a matter of now they they now whenever you go on the road it's not that we want to hear you play what the other dude would have played. We want to just see you, like, blow our freaking minds however you're going to blow it. It's, <laughs> it's you with monuments. It's you with, you know, conquering dystopia. It's whoever you're with, but they're with you.
1: Oh, well, thanks, man. I mean, I still couldn't do it without those opportunities. It's, it's cool, man. I definitely like playing with different people, and I, I've been fortunate to play with so many uh, really amazing guitarists, which is
2: Insane. And I and I think about like the conquering dystopia stuff and it's like that I, I feel the same way what you're talking about i felt that way about the about the faceless as well it was like there's no fucking way these guys could do this there's no way mm-hmm. there's no way this could be you pull this stuff off live and when you saw it you're like oh wow <laughs> uh, wow <laughs> oh
1: man you didn't think i could pull it off man no that's no so no i'm, I'm idea, just saying okay? i'm just
2: saying that like that was that yeah, was chucked uh, out you went with the same <laughs> went in with the same skepticism you know that you were talking about and i think that's you know part of the part of the fun of seeing stuff that's te- that's that fast and that's that technical. Oh, yeah, man.
1: Dude, I, I don't foresee ever having to play anything as hard live as, as The Faceless again. I mean, uh, well, I won't say that, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. But, uh, man, that, that stuff is hard, dude. <laughs> like, the Conquering stuff was really difficult, too. But, you know, I wrote all of it, so it was, like, kind of different, you know? Like, yeah. Like, learning someone else's parts that are that fast and... You know, for me, I I think for that style of music, I'm actually a really hard hitter compared to a lot of metal drummers um, who kind of, like, hit a little lighter to save energy and play fast. You know, I'm a really hard hitter, so it's, it took a lot of work to, to play the Faceless's music, and I uh, definitely like, don't miss that aspect of it.
0: Does so. that factor into how much you charge
2: for your services?
1: <laughs> what, how hard I hit?
0: <laughs> no, no, like how difficult how, how
2: many the music beats, is. How many yeah. beats you have to hit per... The BPM, <laughs> Black... Oh.
1: I'm like, oh, well, I've calculated the total number of hits in a yeah. song in your set list, so it's going mean, to cost a, you a little more, buddy. You I'm know? just saying,
0: if a doom metal band called you up,
1: <laughs> I mean, you could
0: do that for, like, minimum wage, you know?
1: <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, uh, at, at the end of the day, it's... Uh, yeah, no matter yeah, what, I've come to find, anyway, learning so much new music that it doesn't matter how hard or easy it is if it's, you know, if it's six minutes of material that you have to memorize, it's six minutes of material. And I mean, obviously, in some cases, maybe like you said, if it's a doom metal band and it's the same riff for forever, yeah, that would that would be easier to learn, I guess. I'm, I find more and more that, like, if it's six minutes of material where parts are changing, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's riddled with blast beats and double bass or if it's like a groovier thing. It's still, you know, that much material that you have to internalize and memorize and get comfortable with. So kind of unavoidable that it's a lot of work you
0: know jazz drummers right in these other genres like all these people get all this respect for being really good drummers but i believe that top of the food chain metal drummers like yourself could outplay any other drummer in any other genre true correct yes
1: uh, uh
0: nah I mean, like, if an Afrobeat ca- band called you up, you'd be like, yeah, okay, give me a, a minute, I'll figure it out, and you and you go off and you play it. Um, it but, uh, but, maybe, I mean... But if an Afrobeat drummer got called up by Michael Keane tomorrow, the dude's like, yeah, uh... Pff, not, it's not gonna
1: happen, <laughs> right? Yeah, I can see what you're saying. There's a physicality to it that's, uh... T- definitely takes conditioning and training. That's and skill. Sure.
2: Talent. Yeah, and talent, I mean, no
1: doubt. Um, but the thing with all those other styles is there's, like, a certain feel, you know, like... The feel of of death metal and, and that kind of thing is like, it's just very rigid. It's very on the beat. And I, I've kind of taken a lot of pride in playing that way in the last couple of years. But there are a lot of people that don't like that feel, you know. I don't know, it's just very different, you know. I don't think I could jump into a situation like you're talking about as easily as people think I might just because it's so vastly different, you know, as far as feel is concerned. I would love to try. Well, because, like,
0: I hear but... nerds all the time talking about how great the drummer of Rush is, but I don't hear that dude doing anything that you couldn't do, like, with one arm tied behind your back.
1: Yeah, man, Neil Peart's, like, a legend. Come on. Man. I know he's a legend, <laughs> but that,
0: le- that legend status was established years ago. He's been coasting. And besides, that legend status was made back when drummers were, like, you know, semi-retarded. <laughs> oh, that was funny. But it's true. Uh, I mean, drummers today, I mean, dude, the 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 watermark is so much higher. The tide is in. You really got to excel. Right that,
1: man, dude, the internet has been a game changer. Exactly. Man. It's like that and like that goes back to what I was saying about a uh, you know, like drum programming and stuff. Is this insane standard has been set. Everyone thinks that everyone should be able to do all this crazy drum programming, you know, and it's like You know, it's not how it works.
0: So you agree with me that Neil Perts a schlub?
1: (laughs) No, I didn't say that. That Can't get any headlines on me. But uh, I I see what you're doing. You're slipping it in. I'm trying so uh, hard. No, man. I I mean, I don't know. I do think drumming has, like, progressed dramatically in the last, like, decade or or less even. You know, just as far as, like, you know, it kind of goes without saying, there's just so much more media for everyone to see at the touch of their fingertips so much more to learn and be inspired by and You know, it's just like so much easier to get your hands on information. You know, that... I mean, even now, man, like, I, I'm 23 and people still think I'm, like, super young and I'm all, like, new to the game and stuff, but then I see kids on YouTube that are, like, crazy and and then I'm like, and I'm like, that kid's 16 or something or, like, you know, like, Chon, the drummer of Chon is, like, when I was out with him on tour, he's he's 16. He was, like, in high school, like doing his science homework on tour, and I was just like, "What the hell is going on? It's crazy."
2: But I still think that's a finite resource, man. I, I, I still think drummers are one of those resources that, especially metal drummers, are well. They, stuff happens to like you get injured because you're because you're playing as intense as you are, or that because I mean you wouldn't be playing with fifty bands if there is this unbelievable resource and overflowing fountain of drummers out there.
1: That's true. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's definitely, uh, there's not like a infinite amount of them just waiting to get work.
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of drummers, but there's not a lot of great drummers. Right. So, uh, I guess would be also the thing. I've heard a lot of death metal drummers, but not a lot of amazing, awesome, you know, that top end. Like, there was
0: a time when Lombardo was the only one who could do double drums, uh, double bass yeah. drum, right? And it's like, it's like we recently saw Slayer with the the nude, the noob. With, well, Bostaff. With, yeah. with Bostaff, right? And, and all right, so the, the double bass drum hits an angel of death, right? And when Lombardo plays it, it it's like somebody spilled a box of marbles down a staircase. It's, <laughs> you know, it's all over the place, you know? But it's perfect. But then when, when Bostaff plays it, it's like...
2: Precise. It's
0: precise. So could you play that double bass drum the way that Lombardo does if Slayer called you tonight?
1: No, probably not at all. Why okay. not? Because I play, like, super, I don't know, like, on the beat, and, and like, that's how my mind works right now, you know? It's kind of like, a, a good example is, like, the drummer from Cannibal Corpse, when he does, like, a thrash beat sometimes, his hand will do this thing that, like, in music theory, like, I don't feel like it always makes sense, like, it's almost between, like, an eighth note triplet and an eighth note or something, and it's all weird, but, like, he's still keeping consistent time with the thrash beat on his his hand and kick, and... You know, I I couldn't just sit down and do that because it's so it's like almost not normal. It's some weird muscle memory that's developed, but at the same time, it's a huge part of their sound. You know, like that's that's like Cannibal Corpse's feel and sound. You know. So you're so saying like, that
0: there's something wrong with the brain of Dave Lombardo?
1: Wait, I was talking about somebody else. He's talking about Paul I know, Zirgwitz. I know, but I,
0: I mean, for Lombardo <laughs> to play it that way, like a box of marbles falling down the staircase,
1: well, there must be something wrong with his brain. I haven't actually seen him with Slayer ever. Really? so i blew it there i know but uh oh. i don't know i mean if that is the case maybe he used to play it better i don't know you
2: know no it's not it's not a, well well like you saying it's not about better yeah. it's about it's about the playing on the edge sort of thing you, you
0: couldn't put this into a doctor rhythm 550 you no. know yeah god no yeah
1: exactly it's you know well it's a, it's a feel it's their, their a signature thing you yeah. know what I'm saying? i kind of always strived for like the feel of a mechanical drummer being that you know i grew up in an age where drum programming was becoming more and more prominent you know and it's funny because now i'm kind of like taking a step back and reapproaching things still not you know i don't lose sight of like kind of the whole thing that got me here in the first place but you know i definitely want to continue to learn and, and change my style in different ways and see if i can go out in some weird direction and pick up new things and then bring them back to my own thing. I don't even know. I'm just rambling now. but
0: Yeah, so, so all right, all right real, just one question about the faceless. Uh, did Michael Keane cry when you quit?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there.
0: Whoa, so did I you, d- like, do it by text?
1: No, um, we emailed him, actually. Whoa.
0: Not even by the phone? No. What, was that like because like the lawyer said you needed to do it that, or were you afraid of how he'd react, or what?
1: No, I definitely wasn't afraid of of how he'd react or anything. I just uh, it was just kind of one of those things that sometimes. I mean, I think doing it via text by phone would be incredibly unprofessional, but with an email, it's kind of like you can get all your thoughts out. You know, very. I guess uh, I don't know what the best word for that is. Just in order, you know, and it's very easy to explain something where it's on the phone sometimes if it's like a discussion that is kind of heavy it's hard to get it all out in the right way so sometimes text is just good for that and uh i i i'm sure evan said this in his email too but i know i said in mine like you know if you'd like to discuss this any further on the phone feel feel free to give me a call i just wanted to Put it all
2: out there in words first, you know. Well, yeah. There's a there's a telephone game that you play too. It's yeah, like yeah. When when you're hey, wait a minute. Oh, I remember something completely different about that phone call than what was actually said. You I'm kind of worried. It, it yeah. still
0: sounds kind of chicken.
2: I don't know. I I, I, know. I, I agree with the Rudy here, yeah? man. Because I, I think the email thing is like the way to go. Because you can lay it all out. It's measured. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's less emotional. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's not like, uh, as far as, like, a business decision goes, I think it's way more professional to do something like that via email. Though, that's just my opinion, but, you know, obviously, like, if you had a girlfriend, I don't think it would be better to break up with her via email. Well, yeah. You know, I think that would be, like, where you would use the phone call. You well, know it I depends
2: mean? on the girl, actually, I guess. Yeah, I
1: guess that's true. Yeah, Fair <laughs>
2: enough. You might not even want to get close to it, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah oh. just, uh, hi, I'm going to break up with you via email. So I've never done that, but, uh. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a shot sometime. <laughs> but, wait, wait, yeah.
0: Did you? Was there stuff in that email that was different from what you put on your Facebook as to you know reasons and all that stuff?
1: Uh, some stuff, but you know nothing, nothing dramatic or anything. Uh, you know, obviously, I have a different relationship with the band and the band members in it than people perceive exactly because I'm you know they're. It's like having a relationship with anyone. Like you guys don't know what my relationship with like my good friends are at home. You know, yeah, but, totally. So there was like a little bit more of a personal touch to it, but no, not, nothing crazy. It was, you know, for me, it was just, uh, the faceless was just kind of not exactly what I thought I was getting myself into. It, it definitely, there's no secret that it's, it's kind of Michael Keene's thing and that he kind of calls the shots as far as writing and that sort of thing. And to be honest, like long term, I just kind of want to be in a band that is more of a band effort. That's kind of where I'm at with it, and that was a big part of me deciding to leave. So, did he give uh, with you that the... said though? The Faceless was especially growing up, man, it was one of my favorite bands, and uh, I do not take for granted the opportunity I had there. So.
0: Did he give you the impression when you first signed up that it would be more of a sort of team effort, or was that more your hope?
1: It was kind of more my hope, I guess. Also, man, like I know it sounds crazy, but like imagine your favorite band asking you to join. You know, like
2: yeah, how was, do you uh, say no, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, I think one thing I've learned, uh, from the heart machine and and the faceless is that, uh, I really need to be more careful as far as joining on with bands, making sure they're run as a business the right way. That's a big thing. And that sort of thing, because, uh, with both those situations, I was kind of so excited to even be given the opportunity, especially with the faceless man, because, like, when I'm saying I was obsessed with planetary duality, like, like there's a planetary duality poster hanging in the room I'm in right now that has been there since I was like sixteen, you yeah. know, like I was way into the band, you know, I just wanted to do it, no matter what, but uh at this point, I'm definitely in no rush to join on with another band i I want that I wanna be in a band like I said earlier, that's kind of my goal. It always has been to be in one band and do albums and you know have a real kind of brotherhood there and have it run really well as business and everything. But uh, I'm, I'm really in no rush now. I just want to make sure whatever I do full- time next is a, a really good thing and a good fit in every aspect. So yeah.
2: Are you still a fan of the Faceless?:
1: uh, Not as much as I was. That's for sure. I yeah. will say for any of the people out there that I did hear a couple of the songs that he was writing uh, towards the end of my time in the band, and they were sick. so yeah, like I'm sick sure people- as in
2: the old stuff or comparable to the later stuff.
1: <laughs> um, to be honest, the impression I got was it was more of a mashup of the two. Yeah. Um, which I thought was sick. You know, being a big faceless fan of myself, definitely now that I'm not in the band, I feel like I can say this honestly. I was definitely more of a planetary era fan, though I did also love Audit theism I'm way into progressive music and stuff, you know. But it's definitely got more of a planetary vibe, also had a very proggy vibe in there. So, uh, you know, I did think it was sick, and uh, I mean, there's no denying that he writes some really awesome stuff, so I think, well, uh, I don't really know the status of the band now, I have no idea what's going on yeah. with that, but uh, if, if new music comes to fruition at some point, I, you know, I have no doubt that the people that follow the band and really like the music will be way into it, so. D-
0: does everybody leave Michael Keane for the same reason?
1: Um, I don't know, I don't really have a comment on that, so... Maybe, you know, but maybe not. I don't know. I haven't talked to all the previous members, so I couldn't I really tell you. I don't you think sure. you
0: could fit in one room. No. Yeah. There's a conference happening next month, though.
1: <laughs> It'd be a tight room, you know. It'd <laughs> be a little packed in there. No, no denying that.
0: Well, um, it, it always seems to me like, and, and I'm not talking about the faceless individually, but like with with bands that are like, they have that one dude and, every, and then the Wikipedia page is
2: ridiculous, I mean, even right? even, yeah. even legendary dudes like the Diner was yeah. like, you know, death it, was that way. It's
0: always know? the business side of it more than anything, because it's yeah. like, you know, y- you often hear, like, like Chuck's talked to Michael Keene, and he always seems like a nice guy, but it always seems like it comes down to either it's business or it's drugs.
1: Yeah, I mean, the business thing is, uh, you know, it's a side of things that I feel like a lot of people don't you know put into consideration enough like i've definitely learned my lessons with that unfortunately and you know i think if you look at the bands out there that have really been successful like really successful or are you know going in a good direction i think behind the scenes at least from my experience when i seeing bands like this and knowing people that are in bands that have become really successful and then knowing them personally and understanding how they work behind the scenes you know I feel like all the bands that are out there that are really successful have are run really well as as a business and you know everyone's treated equally or at least fairly, you know and everyone knows what's going on and that's uh you know I think that's a big part of it. That's definitely like the biggest thing for me is as far as moving forward and some other band is making sure that that's all the case, you know.
2: Well, you actually are in a good spot as far as that's concerned because a lot of people do that. I've been playing with this dude since I was 13. I can't leave him. It's yeah, been this way, yeah, it's like a true. really shitty relationship, you and you just can't get rid of it. you
0: make a comment
2: about deicide? <laughs> 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 the headline? Uh, no. <laughs> the, but you know what I'm saying? It's like you get into this relationship with friends, and you can't get away from it because you're friends.
1: Yeah, and, I, I definitely understand that, yeah. I don't have any connections with anybody like that at this point, or, or anything. I'm not in any bands with... I mean, I'm in some bands with my friends, like, for fun things, you know? They're also all sick guys, like, they're hella cool, so... I don't really have anything to worry about with that.
0: So you're saying with the faceless that it's a business problem. It's not that Michael Keene's on drugs.
1: Um, I'm not saying anything, to be honest. Oh, so you are uh,
0: saying that it might be there's drugs (laughs) uh, involved.
1: No, no, I didn't say that at all. Well, Um, this is the thing.
0: I I mean, like, going back to, you look at that Wikipedia page, it's got, like, 112 different people on who have been in uh, that band, right? But it's like, if nobody ever comes out and says, look, this is the thing, I don't think Michael Keane will ever, like, change. And that sort of, like, sucks for the fans.
1: Literally all I'm willing to say on the topic is that, You know, I appreciated my time in the band, made some great friends. Wish Michael Keane and The Faceless the best. Truly mean that. I was a huge fan. And uh, that's kind of all there is to it, you know? Well, I wasn't talking about The Faceless in particular. I was
0: talking about bands in general, but that's okay. (laughs) What were you saying? I said I wasn't talking about The Faceless in particular. That was just about (laughs) bands in general, but
1: yes. I thought you were there. Well,
0: Uh, if I could have gotten you to answer the question, I would
1: have (laughs) been, yes. Nah, man. You know, I mean, like I said, dude, you know, I just... I wish him the best, and I do legitimately think that whenever new material when and if it does surface, like people will love it, dude. I mean, a couple songs that he sent me when I was still in the band were sick. I was like, "Damn, this is tight, <laughs> but yeah, the, I have no uh, doubts that people will be way into that. The yeah. stuff
0: that he's writing is really, really hard to play as 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 True. deep as the musician pool is, for musicians who probably can play that material, and probably a fair number play it well, I think that he's starting to... That pool is starting to run out of water, right?
1: You mean as far as, like, finding people that can do it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yes and no. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where you feel like it's running out of water, but then people just come out of the woodwork, kind of. Like, there are so many guys that aren't really in it to, like, have some name. So they're just kind of sitting in their house, and they just love playing technical music or whatever, and they practice all the time. Like, I have some friends like this that, like, me being someone that's trying to, you know, have a career in music because I love it, and I don't know, it's, it's what I've always wanted to do. I look at some of my friends that I know who are insane at guitar or whatever, and I'm like, man, you could you could do this. Like, you're really good. And they, you know, they're just, that's not what they're passionate about. They just want to play. So I feel like there are always going to be some bedroom guys that could Kind of come out of the woodwork and be like, I could do that, you know, and and then there they go.
0: Are you sending their contact info along to Michael Keane?
1: Well, they're not. Not many of them are drummers, so. Well, most, I mean, but he's he's he needs a are, guitarist art. and a
0: bassist too, doesn't he?
1: I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe I'll send him one his way. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah.
0: sure he looks forward to every email from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean, dude, me and Keane aren't like on horrible terms or anything like that. It's uh.
0: Are you on you any know, terms? Like I said, it was
1: mostly just like the direction of the band. I just wanted to go in a... I just wanted to... I just want to be in a band where, you know, it's a band effort, kind of. You know, that's kind of always been my thing.
0: So if I'm a... a, uh, You know, if uh, I'm in a band, I'm listening to this right now because there's quite a few bands that are listening to the podcast right now, and I'm probably looking at my drummer in the rearview mirror who's got his headphones on listening to Ginger Baker demos. Um, (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, maybe I need to call him up. What is... The sound and the personality of that ideal
2: yeah, what band. Are you, what are you looking for? Yeah. What would your? Yeah. The the the. What's the perfect woman look like? I mean, perfect. Oh uh,
1: per, You mean like making up a situation or like? Yeah.
2: No, just high, hypothetical. Like, what's
0: the
1: perfect yeah. situation? I mean, are you um, putting in
0: that personal ad that it must be better to cuddle with while watching House of Cards than Alex <laughs> Webster?
1: Yeah, that's that's what I want right there. That's <laughs> what I want. Um, you know, man, I am. A, I'm open to a lot of different. I mean obviously I'm a metal drummer at yeah. this point. There's no denying that. So in metal I'm open to a lot of different genres of it. Um, I would like to do something that, you know, pushes me physically but isn't as hard as uh the faceless is. Um, because that was, you know, like one of those things where I stressed out every night as to how how tight I was gonna be able to do it, you know. So I don't play something that pushes me creatively, uh, but is also a little bit less stressful than that. And mostly uh, something where the people are all really on the same page, good good group of guys, have the band run really well as on the business side of things, and, uh, you know, just being in a band with good people, mostly. So and, you'd uh,
0: rather get a percentage of the gross than a percentage of the net, I assume?
1: I guess. I mean, I, if I had a band, if I could set up a band and, and run it myself, it would be in such a way where everyone, you know, is a right and everyone knows what's going on with the money at all times, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, I guess
2: that's so important. That's like eb- yeah. every bit of advice I've ever given to a local band is always get your legal stuff straight, and make sure you keep good books, yeah, yeah it's, and open it's true, them to everybody. Man. I mean,
1: yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not. I didn't start. I didn't get into this industry to to make money for a long shot. And despite what people might even think, I'm really not doing all that well on that side of things anyway. You know, it's it's getting to a point now that I'm I'm 23 and, and getting older. It's I'm like oh man okay i gotta pay for things you know and i have bills and i need to i need to have some kind of of inflow and it's uh
2: it's a career you
1: know you, exactly man and it's uh it's not a career that's easy to make happen anymore i don't think you know i definitely don't envy any any up-and-coming drummer that's or a, or musician in general that's like just starting out you know it's you know, because I had to learn a lot and go through a lot of different stuff to kind of figure out how to make it work in any capacity.
2: I think know? you got a leg up on a lot of people just because you're able to work with everybody and outplay well, every other drummer.
1: <laughs> Man, nah, dude, I'm, I'm not that cool.
2: He's still he's uh, an hour. He's still as humble as he was when we started. So that's how I'm you know,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting though, because like I know you guys think I'm joking, but like. I think I'm shot, you know. (laughs) You think you're what? I I always look at other people and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just always want to get better. You know, I see all these phenomenal drummers and they all inspire me. You know, and it's, I don't
0: know. Is that because you've been working with these, like, phenom guitarists, and they, when you're playing, they, like, look back at you with that funny look at when you, like, you know, do a triplet instead of a, you know what I mean? Or you flam a little. And
1: they are like, man, that guy shot.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> is, is it because they look at you funny and nobody says after, you know, because yeah,
2: yeah, never does that. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, <laughs> like, I imagine, like, it's metal. It's a bunch of dudes. You get off the stage, what you really want is you want michael Keane to turn to you and say hey man nice job but nobody does that
1: right no actually a lot of them do you know i mean a lot of, you know i think i think at the end of the day all all these guitarists i've worked with realize that you know especially in the faceless and conquering that that is some hard stuff man so like no one judges you if you mess up like a little thing or something yeah. you know and uh especially doing it night after night man on no sleep sometimes that is that is hard so no one's judging you if you mess up i think they all know how that is and and uh I definitely always got compliments from other bandmates or they'd be like, yeah, you did that good tonight or whatever, you know, so I think, uh, for the most part, especially in, in music that's that extreme, everyone's pretty cool about that sort of thing or everyone that tours and, and knows how it is to play that kind of thing every night, you know, it's pretty understandable.
0: But they're not oh. so understandable that they're going to help you load out, right?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, sometimes that definitely doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Fucking singers. Yeah, I know. What the <laughs> hell? Uh, that is an accurate stereotype, though, man. man.
0: Isn't the ideal it band is, uh, that you're looking for is a bunch of guys who are like also roadies and they'll move your drums for you?
1: Yeah, basically, I want a band where everyone moves everything and I can just sleep all day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you ever
0: considered bringing out a smaller drum set just so you don't have to lug as much stuff?
1: Yeah, I have. I, that goes into consideration. Or I do everything in my power before the tour to make sure that setting said huge drum set up will be considerably easier. But yeah, I mean, when I went out with uh, Evan Brewer, like, I guess that was almost two years ago now, like a year and a half ago, summer of 2013. Um, I, I use, like, a considerably smaller kit. Call me old-fashioned, but for metal, I just I like the big drum kit, dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: I agree. Um, I, 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 I totally agree. I, not <laughs> as much as I like my roadies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, I do regret it sometimes when I have to look like that we get to some venue with stairs, and I have a 200-pound hardware case, and I'm like, oh, my God, that sucks. Yeah. But at the end of the day, though, then it's all set up on stage, and I'm, like, getting ready to play a show, and I'm like, oh, this is sick.
2: And you the guitar know. player has no room to move around, and everybody else has to work around you. You own it, and it's all done. Yeah. <laughs> what, but when you
0: do that crowdfunding cam- campaign for Conquering Dystopia, don't you toss in enough money for a roadie for the drum set? No, are you kidding? Come on now. <laughs> well, it no, I mean, you hit your man. goal in one day. I mean,
1: I would have added like
0: day five, get me a roadie.
1: Well, to, I mean, I don't know, man. May- maybe, but... uh. I think it's a perk, not, a roadie we'll for a day. day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was you was could that? sell
2: that, dude.
1: We didn't know we were going to go on tour when we launched the crowdfunding thing, so it wasn't even an option. But, uh, I mean, dude, we literally were never going to tour. Conquering was supposed to just be a side project. And uh, we got, you know, an offer from Animals as leaders. Like, they asked us directly to come out on that tour. And uh, at first, I remember talking to Keith, and we were like, yeah, you know, too bad. We can't do that. And then it was like, wait a minute. Everyone's free right now, and we can make it work money-wise, like, this would be sick. You know, Alex isn't out with Cannibal. I wasn't out with the Faceless. Keith had the time available, so did Jeff, and it was like, okay, wow, sick, you know? And uh, so it just, you know, it was really lucky that that all worked out, and we had such a good time that we definitely want to do more. It's just got to be the right thing, you know? So
0: so you're out with Revocation in January?
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, so, uh, no, so, wait, what month is it right now? It's about to be January. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: or February.
1: Yes, February. All right, so what, the tour starts, I want to say, February 7th.
0: So what's Keith doing in January? Keith Merrill? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Because uh, no. we're looking at the 70,000 tons of metal cruise that happens later this month, and it's got Cannibal Corpse on it. And Arch it's got Enemy. Arch Enemy oh, on yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I did know that, actually. We we tried to get on that. We, we wrote to, I think Alex may have written to somebody... Uh, who works for cannibal to see about getting us on that and uh we tried. I, I I don't know what happened with that. I but it might not have worked. Keith might be going to Nam though. I don't know if that would interfere. It's the
2: same weekend. Uh yeah.
1: well that's you know Keith actually uh works for Duncan, Seymour Duncan. So uh he kinda probably has to be at NAM.
0: Glad you so. qualified that. I immediately went donuts <laughs>
1: Oh, Duncan! <laughs> I like <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> oh man, I can see why you'd be confused there. It's like, why does he uh, get? Because yeah. yes, he has
2: to be at Nam. And Nam, they NAMM. have to have donuts. <laughs> yeah, dude, they, somebody's got to serve those copies. Time to make to the, the, the donuts. Reward, <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, that- yeah, dude, but no. Uh, you know, he probably has to be there. And I think at the time, I mean, I guess Jeff wasn't originally going to be there because he just, you know, recently joined Arch Enemy, but. I don't know. I mean, all I know is we we did try to do that. We wanted to because we knew that Cannibal was already going to be there, et cetera, et cetera. But it just something fell through with it, or I don't know if they were interested, or
0: you know. You could replace uh, Keith. It's also good.
1: Yeah, so, you know, just replace everybody. Yeah. So.
2: dude, thank you so much for talking to us, man. And seriously, I did. I, I really did go buy that Cognizant ZP today. Oh, I, sick! I watched cool, the man. I watched a little behind the scenes thing. It was like holy fuck! I need to buy this. It's it's awesome.
1: Dude, they, uh, they're writing some really cool stuff, man. I was really uh, privileged that they hit me up uh, to track their drums, and uh, it was even cooler that I got to do it at Audio Hammer, man. I love going there, dude. Just tracking drums in a real sick room is just the best thing. So yeah,
0: can so. any band call you up, or do you like like have like some sort of vetting process?
1: My information is out there to contact me for session work, and that sort of thing. It's on my, my website and all that. But at the same time, I, I usually listen to it, and, like, I mean, if I had nothing going on i might be more likely to to take on some work regardless but uh, you know i kind of i do kind of want it to be you know something i feel good about representing you know and and not to say that there's not some really good players out there that i'd you know just don't play on their stuff not because it's not good just it's just not my thing kind of you know with cognizant specifically when they hit me up i listened to their stuff and i was like dang this this shit is sick you know
2: uh no seriously dude i appreciate you talking to us man and uh and i hope hopefully well our hopefully revocation touring, Well, i don't know if they're gonna be no, coming back they not coming here. here yeah that's right they're no, not coming I back i think through.
1: it's like a Canada. It's kind of a b market thing so it's yeah. I, I don't even think it goes to california actually yeah man i mean you know i think phil will be uh fully recovered and back uh by their next tour he's he's doing really i talked to him yesterday he's doing really well his arm. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's I think he he broke his arm basically. That's why he hasn't been with him recently, but he'll be back and you know, he'll be killing it.
0: So Is he upset you tripped him?
1: What? Oh uh, <laughs> um <laughs> uh no. I'm just kidding. He uh Yeah, yeah, he was a little bad about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, yeah guys, uh, I really appreciate you uh having me on. <laughs>
2: Cold Hands is the name of the song from Call of the Void on the Metal Sucks podcast. Uh, I must say, I, I'm kind of enjoying that. They're a band that I discovered during South by Southwest playing in, uh, like on the rooftop of some you know spaghetti joint or some crap i mean it was a, a everywhere in austin uh becomes a venue everywhere like everywhere your closet can yeah. become a venue honestly during a south by southwest and actually i think it has yeah well <laughs> one, once or twice but yeah that's where i saw them the first time and they i was floored had no idea it was just it happened to be where everybody all the metal people were right and i was like i'll just get okay, tuesday night show up here midnight and bam yeah these guys yeah. are pretty badass so
0: if you know how to work a pa or 10 bar you should be in austin during (laughs) south by southwest
2: dude okay so if you ever come to austin during south by and you see like ever you see people with tattoos everywhere right and you're like how the hell does everybody here afford you know, fifteen hundred bucks a month to live in four hundred square feet and all these tattoos. South by Southwest is the way that they do that, yeah. mm-hmm. P- pretty much. Yeah. Like like everybody that's behind the bar is covered in tattoos, and that's that's pretty much how it happens, man. <laughs> one, one week out of the year is yeah. like the bam week of gold. So <laughs> South by is always a when we got we got some South by stuff coming up. We're going to be doing a panel during yeah, South by Southwest. Excited. We had a good uh, one so, last year. So, yeah, that was a hell of a lot of fun. I'm you really can, excited about this one. Yeah, this is going to be a good one um uh, uh what is it uh, what did you call it uh the art of the interview oh because we know how to do the interview yeah i think with the last 60 minutes kind of prove it well you know alex is a is a very good subject yeah i, I must say and uh and also it's fun uh, we we love interviewing people and just talking to people in general yeah. so i mean it's a that's part of the reason we are doing the panels because uh, we're doing one side of it and who else is on it ryan downey ryan Downey. And he's more alternative,
0: alternative press
2: and he's uh he's much more like Uh, He's a journalist. I would I would consider him an actual journalist. Where I have a journalism degree, Uh, I'm not. This is not journalism (laughs) whatsoever. Yeah, (laughs) but still.
0: And I and I just pull up my shirt and gaze at my navel and that. And I say whatever pops into the head and that's the work. So it
2: works pretty well. What are you gonna do? I, I think I think it does great, man. <laughs> and then also we get to what oh well, we're kinda getting prepped for the seven I mentioned it earlier, the seventy thousand tons of metal's coming up here in a couple of yeah. weeks. So.
0: speaking of interviews. you uh, yeah. That, be that's awesome.
2: It's always like one of those I, I really look forward to it. Uh, well, I guess the South by Southwest is kind of the same way. Like, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm dreading it at the same time. But I know it's going to be awesome, and I know it's and like trying to get everything organized together is like always. Oh, uh, you get stressed out. You get so stressed uh, out, dude. I'm stressed out all the time. Yeah, It's how it's how I roll. I gotta make it past fifty. There's no, there's no fucking way. I'm not. I'm, got, I'm just gonna curl up in a ball, of stress. Yeah. R.I.P. Stuart so Scott. Let me get some more nicotine in me. It'll be okay. <laughs>
0: mm. Get you through.
2: Ugh, whatever, whatever. Get you by, man. Uh, let's see we get some good guests coming up here this and, and, and this year we got dude i'm looking forward to 2015 so even though stacked. i'm all stressed out like 2015 is going to be a good year for the mouse podcast oh, i believe,
0: yeah right
2: i hope right? so right i hope so okay you I mean, tell me God man damn it <laughs> get with me, man. Get busy living or get busy dying, man. Either way, dude. So make sure you are uh, subscribed to us on iTunes and you uh, leave us a you know five-star review and tell us that we suck. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at BeardedApe. I'm at GodlessSpeaks. And uh, let's see. SpeakPipe, every week Please. we post to Metalsucks.net. At the bottom of that post, there's a link where you can leave a message for us online. Uh, maybe uh, if you want to ask us a question or if you want to leave us a message and tell us uh, how great we are you could do that is mm-hmm. that better yeah uh, i love better? that uh so you or whatever if you have a suggestion for a guest or something like that that'd be that'd be definitely welcome as well mm-hmm. and if you're in an unsigned band uh, be on the lookout. We're got a new segment that we're going to be starting here very soon called 1 minute to midnight. And we need 60 seconds of your song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: super excited about this cuz the whole idea is that sometimes like you're an undiscovered band, you send your song out, and you think that the other person on the other end line is going to listen to your whole song and then judge you, but they don't.
2: And they never do. They only
0: give Just you 60 so you seconds. Know.
2: Tip- uh, typically, that's actually being gracious uh, yes. to give you 60 seconds for the most part you only get maybe 10 yeah. or 30. Tops.
0: The doom bands need not apply. <laughs>
2: hey man, <laughs> if the riff is good, man, if the riff is good, it better man. be good. Fast, it better be real, real good. <laughs> no, if you uh, so we we posted a while back on how to get your uh, music uh, posted up there. We'll we'll post that again on uh, Twitter so that yeah. we can resubmit those. We got like 30, 40 bands in there that have kind of been waiting. And uh, thank we, you for your patience. Well, now we have our industry professional. Once we uh, once we have him. Critique your music and uh, and give you some advice. We're gonna start uh, putting that out there as well as you know new segments with Doc Coil, new segments with Stavros, yes. and uh, story time. We got a lot of good stuff coming up in 2015. Look forward to hearing from you and uh, and and talking shit for the next <laughs> however long. It's gonna be an awesome year. Hell yeah! All right, we gotta wrap this one up, man. I'm Chuck. I am godless, and this has been another episode of the Metal Sucks podcast.